0: hello and welcome to eavesdropping at the movies i'm mike and i'm jose and uh, we've just come back from the mac where you've seen bait yes which is a british film set in cornwall set and made in cornwall about a modern day cornish fisherman Hmm. um i think this is a uh from the press kit. This right. is what this is on the BFI's website. This is just a short statement about what the film is, which I think sums it up quite nicely. Okay, Modern-day Cornish fisherman Martin, played by Edward Rowe, is struggling to buy a boat while coping with family rivalry and the influx of London money, Airbnb and stag parties to his harbour village. The summer season brings simmering tensions between locals and newcomers to a boiling point with tragic consequences. Okay, so what did you make of it? I liked it very much. Uh, we saw it... In
1: a cinema that was pretty packed. Yeah, 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 very, very full. Uh, So, and I think the audience responded to everything. And it was actually quite interesting to see an audience respond to what is really an experimental film. Yeah, it's kind of, it's in black and white. Uh, The narrative is quite loose. It has all of these montage sequences. Mm. Uh, It uses a lot of symbolism. Um, So... You know to have an audience kind of fully engaged with that was very very pleasing so um i enjoyed all of that um and i think the film is an important film it's very rare in british cinema that you see something from the point of view of the subaltern that seems as knowledgeable and as um familiar with that way of life as this film is. It's, it's all shot from this fisherman who, you know, who, who no longer even have a place kind of fishing in their own ancestral village, who are kind of further and further marginalized. Mm. So, so the fact that it's shot from their point of view um, is, to me, important. Um, and the way that it's shot is kind of you know really interesting and intriguing. Uh, I think it's a film... It's a film that I think has been overpraised. Okay. Yeah. And that due to it being overpraised, it perhaps risks having a longer life than it deserves to have. I I think it's a film that deserves to have a longer life. I think if people come, you know, like Mark Kermode saying it's the best British film of the decade. It's to me such an overstatement. Might
0: be overdoing it a little bit.
1: Uh, that uh, uh, do, you you know, do you think there's do you think there's elements
0: are... in that of, of saying if I say I like this so much, that will prove I'm smart? Mm. I think there might be a feeling about that. I mean, I do think it's a really good, interesting film. Yeah, and, and ridiculously atmospheric. Yes, I mean, it kind of it reminded me of um, put me in mind of Eraserhead, the David Lynch film, in the use of not just the black and white visuals, which obviously are kind of um, that shares a certain similarity there. But um, the soundtrack, All right. there's, there's 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 constant noise going on, okay. and you can normally explain where it's coming from. It's kind of it's the hum of a boat or something like that. But it's it's loud and kind of oppressive, and you feel it, there visually. There's also concentration on um, on manual labour, hands, ropes, yes. uh, things cut, things being cut, or kind of uh, very. You'll get very simple shots. So a shot will be kind of empty, and then someone will bring a lobster trap yes. into the shot and that's just the entire shot yes. you know and there's a lot of things like that where it's just these concentrations on little individual movements and things
1: yes I loved all of that I loved um, I loved the the focus on manual labor and I loved also the way that the film under, uh, underlines the um, difficult skills involved so you know there's there's quite uh, I suppose an extended shot but just a knot being tied, yeah? Mm. You know, and, and and kind of what this particular knot can do and how complicated it is, and, and yet how beautiful and elegant, and in a way it looks so simple, but, you know, it's like a knot that has like eight different knotted bits or something. It's, it's, I, I love all of that, actually. Um, yeah.
0: Um, the thing I like most about the film is the kind of emotional legibility of the main character. Yes. I, okay. you You absolutely understand... Kind of where he comes from and who he is and what he hates about the way his his community and part of the world is changing. Yes. And he feels it's being invaded. Yes. So very early on, it's established that um, this house that he used to live in this kind of this uh, it is it's got a name. It's it's a house with a name. but It's like um, Siemens Cottage or something. I can't remember what the thing mm. is, but it's basically where he lived um, with his brother and it's where he grew up because they talk about his mum's. Um, Pantry mm. having been destroyed by these people that they sold it to, who are mm. very middle class people who come in there. That and he basically he calls them tourists. I mean, yeah. very, very straight up. This guy's trying to defend why he's there and this sort of thing. And he's just going, You're a tourist, you're mm. a tourist, you're a tourist. In one of the best scenes of the film, mm. I think. Um, and so he he feels, you know, this place is being gentrified. I'm, I'm, I, I don't, I'm losing my place here. There's this thing about, um, so this thing about he sold, he sold the house to the people and, and the wife says, you know, no one forced you to sell this house to us. We didn't, you, yeah, we didn't force you to sell this house to us. And then he says, didn't you? Mm. You know, wasn't I forced? Basically means he was. You know, he had no choice but to sell this thing. And he's saving up money in a tin to buy a boat so he can then go off and make more money fishing.
1: Yeah, which suggests various things. He'll never get a boat. I mean, you know, it's not through the money that you can accumulate on a tin that you're going to be able to
0: buy a boat. Except he does right at the end. He oh, have, I thought that was his brother's boat. Doesn't he buy it off him? Isn't that what it was? I thought that's what it was. Okay. Okay. We, I, perhaps neither of us I'm not clear on that. Perhaps neither of us is, clear it. On that, us is that clear. Enough. I but thought that's what it was. To
1: me, the whole thing suggests, because what you see in that tin is maybe, what, like 150 quid or something, right? Like, you know, it's five-pound notes and a few 20-pound notes. and.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, it's I probably a couple of hundred in there. But, um, yeah. yeah, a couple of hundred to buy a well, you know, maybe it's a down payment. I mean, maybe maybe it's a deposit. Well, and you to go me, out and make to, more money. to me,
1: the fact that you you know you're saving money on a tin, I quite agree. You know, it suggests that you're not going to buy a boat, uh, or that it's going to be extremely difficult. I mean, I found that I, you know, I am, but again, I never understand this about British culture. So, you know, just bear with me because you <laughs> know that was that was a, a thing that I just don't understand. You know, I think I mean from my culture, it's true you know you sell it you sell it you know kind of what what do you mean you didn't have to or you know uh you know you presumably got like really good money for it right like kind of you didn't have to you know so kind of uh you know so this resentment against the people who bought it from you when in fact you sold it i mean i i just don't understand it i don't i do
0: agree with that i think Uh, or maybe there's an element of not having enough of that backstory to understand why he sold it because yeah. when he says essentially um, you know you, I, what I did have to sell this house you don't understand why you don't understand if he was hard up for money or anything like that
1: but also you yeah. know I mean I think if you're hard up for money and you lucky you to be able to set, have a house to sell I mean other people don't have anything to sell you know so you sold it I mean it was you know mm. kind of um, you know and presumably they're now living in council housing yeah that there's a little row of houses or something I mean you know kind of when one thinks of all the horrible things that are going on in the world to me it feels quite lucky that you have a house to sell you know and that you have a place to live still right which is things that you see in the film so mm. you know I mean I do understand you know why people would be resentful of rich people who come in throw money around You know, are completely oblivious to the way of life.
0: Claim that they're then part of the community because they now live here. Yeah,
1: that I I get all of that, but Mm -hmm. this particular resentment to the people who happen to buy the house, I kind of yeah. I don't. uh, I I mean, I
0: I I understand it. I understand who this man is and why and where his resentment comes from that's not to say I necessarily agree entirely with the resentment I mean this thing about him parking his car there still and they're saying this is private property I mean this used to be yours but it's not anymore can you please move your car and he refuses to Yeah, is petty really it comes across to me as
1: yeah and the film doesn't I mean you could imagine how that would be an emotional response anyway and that it is unreasonable but nonetheless it's an honest emotional response I mean there are gradations of subtlety that the film could have conveyed there but I still that didn't come across to me you know, uh, so, I mean, I suppose, I mean, I do think it's kind of an important film. Um, and I do love, you know, the, the way that it tries to render this, this person and this way of life and this argument poetically, and it largely succeeds but it doesn't quite and then when it does succeed for me it only succeeds on one on a, up to a particular level you know the film that uh that i kept comparing it to in my head was something like Lucino visconti's uh, la terra trama you know um and you know there's nothing as powerful or as poetic or uh, you know as in that film which is kind of like a neo realist semi documentary take you know on a way of life of these people and of course you know that's a large-scale film and it's about a whole way of life I mean this is much smaller scale and so on but I suppose what I mean to say is that you know though the film tries to be poetic it I found some of it quite heavy-handed mm-hmm. you know uh, and and then I didn't find the imagery as powerful or as moving yeah as I would have liked it to be, um, which is not to say that it isn't good or that it doesn't work. I'm mm. just kind of here talking about levels, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, let's establish that it's an important film, uh, you know, and that it's a very good film and it's a film that works with the audience. But I do think that kind of let's not blow it up sky high where you know people are going to be disappointed. I think uh, it's it's not to me on the level of the work of great filmmakers. I think it's, you know, on the level of somebody who is cobbling together very interesting things and actually kind of speaking from a perspective that is still rare rare enough so that we need to hear it, so that audiences kind of need to hear it. Um and it has, you know, kind of things that I do really love, you know, like kind of, you know, all of the imagery of what is it, not a port, but you know, where the where the, the there's a wall that almost covers the the ocean and the tide comes in and out.
0: Yeah, it's the sort of dock I suppose. Uh, yeah, it's I'm not sure if there's a I'm not sure if there's a better name for it there must be, but it's there a, must essentially be. a dock where yeah. you're protected from the sea before you go out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I love the way that so much of the film is framed by looking on the opening of that wall mm. and what it shows you of the sea. Um I didn't like the way that you know, the bourgeois tourist family was depicted. I thought it was very heavy-handed. Yeah. Uh, you know, particularly the young man and uh, 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 the husband. I mean, you know, I come from a village also where there's a lot of tourists, and I know uh, some of the responses are like that. So, you know, the feeling is like that. But it was way heavy-handed, I think.
0: It was, and they're um, caricatures, really. Um, the daughter, probably less so, probably least of all. Yes. Um, but... But they are. Um, it, it's got me thinking about kind of uh, British sort of parochialism because um, the film's attitude, I think, ultimately seems to be you know the, this communi- these communities are worth protecting, and they, they you you can understand the resentment of people who who were born and raised in these communities and are having them kind of feel like that, well, they feel like they've been kind of trampled on by these newcomers. Um, but then that can be taken a sort of negative way, which is to say, just there's a there's, a, there's a real insularity to that. And say, so I don't want anyone else to come into my nice world the way I like it. Mm. Um, also, you know, life changes. I mean,
1: I you know, to be honest, I, I am sympathetic, but I'm also unsympathetic. You know, again, you know, I come from a farming family, you know, small landholders in rural Spain. I mean, my God, the way of life, the, the way that it's changed in 40, 50 years, I mean... You know, people have had to move into cities and, you know, communities have been decimated or other people have adapted, you know, kind of new agricultural methods to, you know, a way of life that they used to have. I mean, I think this this is a worldwide thing. It's not just a Cornish thing. So it's nice to get a Cornish perspective on it, Hmm. right? But I think, for example, it would have been good or the film would have been richer from having more of a perspective or a wider perspective you know how how are other people in the community handling that change right so it's good to have the focus on two brothers but maybe we could have met somebody in the pub who actually is running a very successful fishing business or Mm. you know like yeah i mean i I think if this is kind of this is all the information that we get right Mm. about these two brothers one who's had to transform the boat to a tourist attraction right uh and one who doesn't even have that and is just kind of you know fishing on the beach with a net, right yeah um,
0: and the, the the middle class family that that moves in really are basically just villains in this. Again, I would say with the exception of of the daughter who is shown to engage yes. uh, with uh, with a local I
1: mean go, um, you know the boy steals the lobsters you yeah. know from the traps that are not his. Uh, the parents eat uh, the lobster, as does the kid and his, you know, tourist friends. Uh, so they're minor things, but actually, they're they're completely a break with the conventions an attack on conventions of the place. The mother tries to make up for it by giving some money, but mm-hmm. yeah, um, but actually, that's not the same as apologizing or punishing the child. Or yeah, it's almost like you know that money will solve the problem that they've caused. I just, so I think there's an attempt to make them more rounded, uh, you know, but I don't think it's too successful.
0: No. Um, but I suppose what I was trying to get to is that I, despite the fact that you know, the, the kid steals these lobsters and um, the dad sort of wants to claim um, uh, a kind of a part of the community that he hasn't earned. Uh, by this point, cause mm. they've only just moved in. Um, to me, they still don't come across as as arrogant enough to sort of justify um, being seen as sort of villains entirely. Yeah, yeah, you know, they are so, newcomers. They bought a house. They don't seem to have, I don't know, like ulterior motives or saying like they found a nice place in the world they like to live. Okay, and and that that obviously to the locals, or at least to this local, uh, represents a disruption and mm. a kind of unwelcome. Present, but I don't think they come in with with you know kind of the dick swinging out, going right. We're here now, Mm. you know. We're important.
1: I think, in many ways, to be honest, I think I see as a very conservative film. Mm. Just in the same way that in my own village, you see these same forces of what I call reaction. Right, that you know somehow, you know, some people a they can't accept change, and b they feel that somehow they have a god given right to a particular way of life, you know? And, um, you know, and, and, and the response is, well, why? You know, why do you specifically have, you know, some kind of sacred, you know, mm. uh, a right to your way of life? Everybody else doesn't. You know, it's not as, you know, people in the cities have also been chased away from manufacturing or whatever. I mean, kind of, you know, life keeps changing all the time. So, you know, what is it about you? And this applies to farmers, which is, you know, my family you know in this case fishermen you know what is it about you that like kind of you ha- your way of life has to be protected over those of other peoples hmm. you know what gives you a special right you know to to a piece of land and <laughs> yeah. you know and and a way of life that goes along with it i mean if you can't make a go of it why shouldn't you change like everybody else
0: yeah uh, and, and i was chatting to uh, mark fuller a little bit uh, who gave us? He he's seen the film a couple of times and he really loves it. Yes. So I asked him for one or two thoughts, and one of the things he mentioned was um, that you know, <laughs> after the awful Fisherman Friends, mm. which was that sort of music thing, we never saw it. That was out last year, I think. Um, Cornish people hearing their own accent and slang on screen means such a lot to them, and they've really taken this film to their hearts. I think you can really understand. I why. understand that completely, um, and, and I and I also understand kind of there is. I don't know much about it because I don't know much about Cornwall, but there is. Uh, has been for a long time a kind of Cornish independence movement. Yes. Yeah. Says we we should be on, on the level of like a Wales or a Scotland. Sure. Having a devolved government. Um, yes. Or you know, a kind of just a, a, a kind of we have we have a certain separate status. The language is a huge part of that, I think. Yeah. And you hear some of it here. Yes. Um, but I think you're right. Like it it, it does ultimately convey a conservativeness. Yes. Um, it's it's a film about people who on the one hand really want to defend kind of their culture and way of life and I think you can understand why but it's I think a corollary of that maybe is that it's very unfriendly.
1: Yeah, so maybe we're we're, str- we're strangers and foreigners and see it yes, that way. Yeah, you know, well, I kind of agree. Yeah. Uh, uh, so um...
0: it does feel weird to be on the side of the kind of middle class invaders like you, you kind of imagine you would want to be like Yes, protect who you are, fuck these guys, but I... I'm, I'm not I'm not on the side.
1: I mean, I think that, you know, basically the, nobody watching the film can really be on the side of these particular wankers. I mean, I thought, you know, the father and the, and the son were like, mm. uh, you know, abysmal. Um, and I do... There's something about the leading character that is just... He's such a wonderful presence in the film, you know, with... You know both that face that is kind of angry and solid and 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 witty. I think you know. So I think I am, like, I am with that character. Mm. Except the film doesn't make me understand him. You know. Uh, so you know. So for example, you can understand the experience of loss. You know, and kind of, yeah. So if he's somebody who's who's, um, you know sold his mother's house. I could understand why people might be regretful about that or sad about that. Mm -hmm. Um, But actually, I think the film doesn't do enough to make you understand the reactions to it, really. I I really don't. I mean, um, you know, he's not destitute. He's not homeless. Yeah, like, kind of, you know... um, I wish the film would have given you kind of more reasons why he feels this sense of loss and attack, right? Like... um, I mm. I.
0: yeah I know what you mean I mean what I was saying about his sort of like say emotional legibility I think is true but it, it's it's a lot of it is through his performance really yeah I think his performance is wonderful and and it, it, it does have a kind of angry sort of stillness and there are certain moments like for instance when um, he goes into the pub and makes the kid fix the uh, lobster trap yes you know um because I mean, you, uh, initially you that this, I liked.
1: I thought it was going to be much worse than that.
0: Yeah, so initially you think this could get this could get quite ugly, mm. you know. But then it turns out he's just saying, he's just making the kid fix it. And when the kid cut, you know, when he needs to tie a knot or something, he ties it because the kid obviously doesn't know how to. But but just wrapping the rope around, mm. preparing it all, he makes the kid do it and he watches over him. And um, and then he says thank you at the end. It's like that is the sort of that's enough of a punishment at that mm. point for this kid. Mm. You know, I, I suppose... I mean, because I, I kind of thought he might say, you owe me 80 quid, or whatever it is for the lobster. Yes. <laughs> you know, which he doesn't. He doesn't demand money, but he, she just wants him to put that right. Mm. I think he's re- It's that was a really interesting little scene. And it's like that's kind of... I suppose there's also his status at play in there, because his status is someone in the community, and this mm. kid is this newcomer. And so th- he doesn't need to... Kind of go overboard mm. in punishing or humiliating this kid, like mm. this is enough. the kid knows that he's been punished,
1: yes, I don't know um I think the best things about the film to me were like the visuals,
0: yeah, I wanted to ask you about its aesthetic what you made because you immediately said afterwards, I need to find out what camera this was shot
1: yes, on. so you know because I think um it's 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 it it looks to me very strange and beautiful. Right, and then, of course, what you realise afterwards, or, you know, trying to answer the question, why does it look so strange or beautiful, it was shot in 16mm uh, old stock, uh, filmed with an old Bolex camera.
0: I, I do have something off the website here. Can okay. I read this to you? Sure. Bait was captured on a 1976 16mm clockwork Bolex camera using 100-foot rolls of black and white Kodak stock, giving a maximum 28 seconds per shot. Shot with a single lens for a consistency of aesthetic, A total of 130 rolls or 13,000 feet of film was hand-processed using an antique Bakelite rewind tank. There you go. They're two of these cameras.
1: So, um, and I think that pays off, Mm. you know, because it looks very beautiful and kind of strange. And sometimes it has those little flickers on the film, like old film stock does. And sometimes actually it has like a a, kind of a grain. Yeah. Mm.
0: Um, And sometimes there'll be like a flash of overexposure and then it will return back
1: so it has like this haunting quality that the film is already something in the past, about a way of life that's gone, you know. Um, so I, I I very much loved all of that. It kind of it gives an eerie, kind of mournful uh, um, ambience uh, to the narrative that you see in the film.
0: And I think then that what shot with it, particularly that, that concentration, as we were talking about, on hands, feet, items, yes. manual labour... Has this effect of of um, romanticising that kind of way of life? Yes, to a degree. And it's a romantic. It's an interesting kind of romanticisation that um, focuses on kind of the dirty aspects, like the fact that this is down, this is hard, dirty work, but that is what makes it romantic.
1: But that, yeah, that's what makes it romantic. I mean, you know, because it's kind of the noble salt of the earth, exactly. kind of you know figure. They focus on manual labour. Um, But also romanticism is always, or you know, very often about loss, right? Mm. You know, and and this film... Nostalgia. ...is about that. Um, So... The
0: aesthetic initially put me in mind of Cathy Come Home and that kind of, uh, like, kind of 50s, 60s era, kind of British docudrama. Right. I think the titles really said that to me as well. There's there's a font and a kind of brightness to the way the titles come up and the credits at the end that speak to that. I mean, I don't... who knows just to say or sort of how deliberate that was, but that really conveyed it straight away. The first word that comes up in the film is the title "Bait," mm. and ju- and just the way it looks when it comes up, and it's that shot of them going out to sea, um, really put me in mind of that. And so I, I suppose in, immediately I started thinking of of that kind of thing, and then it got me thinking about class, um, which yes. is kind of all over the film.
1: Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, to me, what it made me think of was you know early documentaries' experimentations with form. Right, so, you know, uh, I think Mark mentioned John Grierson's um, what's it called, his uh, film on fishermen. Um, But, you know, also how an early cinema or or, or early, by early documentary I mean 30s, yeah. Mm. Um, Well, maybe I shouldn't call it early documentary, but in 30s documentary, (laughs) there was also kind of a lot of experimentation with form. So this feels a little bit like, you know, John Griersonian documentary kind of mixed with Maya Darin in a way, right, which, which is, is a compliment, yeah? So it has kind of the dreaminess of, uh, of the Maya Darin, but it also has kind of like, a, you know, a, a, a documentary feel. It's kind of almost like documentary rendered kind of poetic or something, you know. To me, that's the loveliest part about the film, that it succeeds in evoking that.
0: Yeah, it kind of really beautifully conveys yes. what it loves about its way of life. The yes, way of life. Is. That's right. Those are the things that, that Mark mentioned.
1: Okay, so um, okay, I thought he'd mentioned Grierson. Um, let me let me look it yeah, up. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, this is all this is all stuff that I uh, is is completely unfamiliar to me. Because Mark said Mark Mark sent me loads and loads of links. He's very good, Mark, and he he knows his beans. And so he sent me lots and lots of links to. Things on a finished terai It's Madivaran. called Drifters. 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 I oh, sorry drifters.
1: Yeah. It's it's about Britain's North Sea herring fishery. And so it's a documentary about that. And that's interesting to compare it to because I understand that one of the things about this film also in part of so it has it has this fantastic work on the image and then also it's all post synced, so there's no direct sound. Right? Yes. Um and so the combination of like a post-sync sound with the soundtrack which does a lot of the work actually uh, of, of the film yeah kind of you know sounds of the sea and kind of you know uh, fishing boats and so on it immediately puts you into a world of fishing in a way that the 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 images alone don't so the sound does a lot of the work but it's interesting you know that all the dialogue is also like post-synced yeah yeah uh, so, so I and I think yeah, that I, works I found very some well.
0: of it actually. i um, some of the Foley work early on, I found quite overbearing. Yeah. I think like, and it's again, it's in the manual labor stuff, cutting a rope or tying something it's very, very crisp, clear sounds accompanying those images. But I think there was a period of adjustment as I got into the film more mm. and you know, kind of learned its style. Um, that all started to come together for me, and I think there's a that I actually like the intensity of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I think it, again, that's really. Evocative. Hmm. Um, Can I just quickly say that Mark Mark sent me all these links and I told you he he knows what he's doing. So he sent me links to uh, Finnish Terai from 1928, Man of Around 1934, Guardian de Far, if that's the correct pronunciation, 1928, The Edge of the World 1937, all these things about coastal documentary and things. And then he said, uh, so i I haven't done it justice in the way he'd like worth spending a couple of minutes on each in my opinion, then you can mention me if you wish <laughs> <laughs> so we haven't ha- exactly but um, yeah. but I, I do need to mention it because he's well we
1: can only mention what we know and yeah. so I have seen Drifters, and that's it really you know so um, and I've seen Man of Iran um, but of his list of films those are the two, the only two that I've seen yeah. and actually, I think for me you know. A film that it does evoke, though, again, you know, only partially or only tangentially, is really something like Lucchino Visconti's Terra Trauma. And, again, so, you know, like, if you're looking at this film on its own, and we must underline that, I think, it works incredibly well. And I find it very beautiful. You know, um, it's a very interesting film. And it worked on the audience, absolutely. Mm. I think if you're measuring it against the very greatest films, it falls very short.
0: Yeah, sure. I agree. Um, I tell you, put me in mind of the bicycle thieves as well, in the kind of, um, there's the, a the, the, the kind of means of production thing going on. It's kind of, the thing about the boat, I need the boat, that mm. means I can make more money. The thing about the lobster, That you know, I need that's the lobster like because the that's a source of money. Yes. And the bicycle in Bicycle Thieves has a similar sort of thing. And, yeah, and yeah. I, it, would probably, it probably would be going too far to describe this as a version of neo-realism, but I think it shares... Um, and yeah, yeah,
1: I know. think, well, it's interesting that in both our minds, it's brought up neo-realist films, you know, and a completely understandably why it's done so. But again, I think, you know, the comparison is worth keeping in mind, because, you know, the tragedy of Bicycle Thief is almost unbearable. It's so moving. It's, you know, I think one of the greatest films ever, right, in the way that it kind of, it moves you with that inevitability of loss and the tragedy that a simple thing can bring about to people who don't have very much. I never felt anything like that in this film.
0: No, I agree. Um, I would say though that I found it very funny. Yes, and it is. And I think its humour comes out of that kind of slightly sarcastic place of it's all, uh, it's it's maybe a little dark, maybe a little black, maybe almost a kind of gallows humour in in this man's um, kind of fight against or kind of resistance to, um, you yeah, know, the, the the change of his way mm. of life and this sort of thing. Um, I mean, it, it was a funny scene. When he's just calling the guy a tourist, yeah. the husband this is, and the husband's trying to justify why it's okay for him to be there, and and it sort of is okay for him to be there, but it's funny that he just won't hear it, you know. Um, yeah, it does have it does have these funny moments, but I think that's kind of where they come out of.
1: There's something weird about that moment for me, you know, because the Midlands Arts Centre where we saw the film is all full of like middle class people like ourselves you know, kind of watching this film and, you know, they were completely laughing at these stories who in many ways are them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so. I know exactly what you mean.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree. And and I, I didn't want to mention the word Brexit, but I, I think it's unavoidable because the kind of conservatism I was describing earlier about about not wanting these outsiders to come in did speak to me in a kind of big way about uh, about a general kind of countrywide, um, yes, purism that says we don't want you know coming in, and I don't think I think the way that the entire country um, kind of has that attitude, it's not the same as the way Cornwall has it here. The entire country has it in more of a kind of don't take our jobs sort of way. It, it, it's not exactly the same, but it, it's equally unpleasant.
1: Yeah, though I mean there's that in the film as well. I mean they are taking their jobs, they're taking their way of life you know, so they're, you know, they're bringing in like, you know, what do they call bed and breakfast or Airbnbs, Airbnbs, Mm. you know, um, you know, and, and the pub is busy, but only in season, uh, you know, and there's like tourists to try boats have become like places to take tourists rather than, you know, fish. Um, and so kind of non Cornish people are seen as the invaders. You know, which, I mean, I, I just I just think there's a real kind of conservatism at the heart of all of those arguments. Yeah. Uh, and it um, manifests itself in, you know, a real kind of anti-immigrant kind of ethos, uh, forgetting, you know, the nature of British <laughs> immigration, you know, in the rest of the world, yeah, uh, you know, and in this case, kind of, You know just the mobility of labor force and the fact that everybody's way of life is changes I mean, you know one only has Mm -hmm. to kind of look at one's past and you know and see like I mean in some ways I don't recognize the world we live in from my childhood I mean, you know kind of to imagine a world before computers or mobile phones or you know Or kind of people working just to subsist right like kind of you know everything moves and everything changes you know, and this kind of adherence to a particular kind of way of life is like an untenable nostalgia. And to, and to think that you somehow have a right to that way of life, you know, that it's being stolen from you, is kind of, um, you know, mad, mad entitlement.
0: Do you <laughs> think the film suggests um, that it's an untenable... Thing to maintain this way of life no, I think
1: the film doesn't I think the film the film is on the side of the fishermen mm. who are lost without that way
0: of life and it says this can we can still be in charge of our own place in the world no I,
1: no i'm well, not sure it says that I, I think it says the implications that they should be in charge but they're not clearly mm. you know
0: so yeah no, I agree with that so um but then so, so the question i'm asking do you think the film suggests that it is tenable. Clearly, it suggests that it should be, but do you think it suggests that um, it's kind of... whatever, it's kind of tilting at windmills or whatever to, to try and maintain it and that it's not possible? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I
1: think the film does To me, the film doesn't engage with that. I mean, no. it, you know, it doesn't go that far. You know, all, all we're shown is a way of life in the process of being lost and people's mourning, resentment, and anger around that fact. It doesn't posit a way of mm. recovering it, you know, or a way of overcoming it, you know. Uh, it certainly shows uh, the tourists to be murderous.
0: <laughs> yeah. If accidentally.
1: Um,
0: Felt like an accident.
1: It clearly was an accident, but nonetheless, when you think of the progression of that line of argument, mm. it's, an, it's an accident for the character. It's not an accident for the film. Well, no, you know, no yeah, no, So yeah. the film is really telling you that, you know, kind of these invaders are murderous. You know, they're not just stealing a way of life, you know, and being very entitled about it, you know, kind of. But, um, you know, fucking the locals and fucking them over and
0: killing them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So, you know... Uh, yeah, so I think...
0: <laughs> Reminds me of that thing of uh, The Wizards of Oz the, uh, being about a girl who kills a woman and then teams up with three strangers to kill again. It's <laughs> <laughs> one way of looking at it. <laughs> well, but, you know, do you disagree? No, I don't entirely disagree. I mean, I think the, the locals do... Uh, the, uh, the the newcomers, um, whatever their intentions may be, that's the effect that they have. Because exactly. They come in and fuck things up. Yeah, so... Um, yeah.
1: So... Oh. Mm. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Yes. Yeah, so let's think about the use of time in the film. It reminded me. This is something that Mark brought up, but it occurred to me. It reminded me of um, Don't Look Now. In fact, yeah. The the kind of the way in which time is not always presented entirely chronologically. The story is really told chronologically, but there is a certain kind of associative editing that is used that brings in flashes of things that I think you later discover are from the end of the film. Like the film starts off with this with the shots of um, the boat going out to sea, which is right at the very end in, mm. in terms of the story. Mm. Um, uh, and also a shot of the uh, the young lad. Is it is it the brother's son? Yes, it's the nephew. The nephew, oh, yeah. The protagonist, yeah. Um, who is the kid who dies. Um, and you see a shot of him, again, quite early on in the film, uh, dead with blood pooling at the back of his head. Mm. Um and at the start of the film, I'm thinking, you know, what does this... Because like? then clearly the brother doesn't have... The, the two brothers this is, don't have a good relationship for whatever reason. And I'm thinking, well, is this part of the reason? Is, is, has something happened in the past? But then, of course, you see this kid, so it's not all that clear. Mm. But, uh, so so the, what the film has done is taken shots and events and imagery from later on in the story mm. and foregrounded this at the start Um, And it certainly creates a kind of disorienting effect. I'm not sure how purposeful it feels to me.
1: Yes, exactly. I liked it, but I also thought it was a bit crude. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, like uh, that, you know, it, it, it wasn't patterned enough and it wasn't systemic enough. And also, you know, that some of the shots lasted just a bit too long in those elusive montages that you know the film often makes and some of the symbolism i thought was "Mm," you know like the the white ball and then the moon you know (laughs) so
0: yeah um i suppose one of the things that it did do though in reminding me of don't look now and in don't look now i was saying this relates to in my reading at least the um the Don Sutherland character's state of mind mm. so the film through its form is pushing you into his mind made me think okay so maybe that's kind of something that's going on here made me think of that made me think about that and in that respect it made me think of kind of the aesthetic of the film actually put me in mind of the film Pie by Darren Aronofsky I don't know if you ever saw that no it's a, it's a again black and white very kind of crushed blacks and high contrast mm. and shaken sort of grainy film and all that sort of stuff very kind of similar look in some ways um but that film is about a kind of mental claustrophobia mm. um and and sort of not trauma but um not even a mental problem that the guy has but the, but uh, he's uh, he's kind of there's a kind of autistic aspect to it he's kind of working on these mathematical formulas to, to make money in the stock market that sort of thing and he's one of those guys who's very inside his own head and that's kind of what the film is and i suppose that that's not exactly what I thought of here, but it did make me... It did bring up the idea to me of the main character here being, you know, or connected to the idea of him being uh, kind of emotionally unavailable and kind of withdrawn within himself and just happy with his own way of life and, and threatened by the changes. Um, I mean, the and, thing But about- I suppose what you're saying as well about, about the film, the film's aesthetic conveying that nostalgia that the past. Mm. So, I mean, I think it's a really interesting point, the idea that the film already looks like it's an artefact of the past. Mm. I think that's true. And mm. I think that may be part of it. You know? Yes. I mean, I think the character, the lead
1: character is very appealing. You know, because on the one hand, he's, you know, he he's depicted as that kind of independent, salt of the earth person, really highly skilled, right? Because when we think of um, manual labor, yeah, we don't tend to think of it as being highly skilled. And yet, of course you know, people like farmers and fishermen and so on are really highly skilled. You know, Mm. it takes a lifetime to develop the skills that they have, right? Um, So, you know, those are kind of the appealing aspect. The other appealing aspect is, this is a man who can survive, right? So he's lost the boat, he's fishing in his own way, but he's still selling his fish and making a, a, scrabbling a living independently, you know, and delivering fish, you know, to all those doorways that he does every morning, which at some point I thought, are these fish that he sold? Or is this, you know, the way that, for example, my family, sometimes, you, you know, when you go to the allotment, you bring back courgettes or tomatoes and you deliver them to all your family. on mm-hmm. the way, right? So that wasn't clear to me whether, you know, are these fish deliveries that he lives hanging on the door, are they sales or are they family? Right. To me,
0: they look like sales. I, yeah, that was, I thought That was the impression I
1: got. Yeah, I, I, I'm leaning towards that interpretation. And if it is... Here's this man who basically has nothing. He's lost his fishing boat and whatever, but can still scrabble a living off the land or off the sea. Mm. Yeah, he's still an in, he's still independent. He's not working for anybody else. Now, the things that I don't get is why so he's he's so angry with his brother that you know he's making a living taking tourists around, right? Like mm. you know, it's somehow as if there's a holy you know purpose. You know that boats have to be for fishing, and you desecrate them or something when you're using them for. I don't get that at all. You know, and frankly, nothing is preventing the brother from, you know, taking around tourists dressed as dicks, you know, in the <laughs> summer and kind of fishing in the winter, or, you know, fishing in, yeah, out of season or, mm. yeah, like kind of uh, like there are moments in the film that I just think are not. Yeah, there's a kind of, there's
0: a kind of gatekeeping aspect to it, which is sort of to say. You know, if this is this is the way we should live, yes. and if you're adapting to it the way you are, you're
1: selling out,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. Does he even so, use that phrase at one point? I
1: think he but does actually, or something like it. it. You know, but this, yeah, something uh, like
0: it. Well, I think it might be to the pub owner actually when he talks about her closing the pub in winter. Or something. Yeah,
1: your husband would never have done that. Yeah, yeah he would never have sold out. Or yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Uh, so, so he's very
0: judgmental about the way other people in his community are adapting. Mm. Um and I, but I, in a way, I think the film considers him a hero for that, for wanting yes. to keep that way of life.
1: That's right. Changing. I think the film does, and I think that's one of my problems with the film.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Mm. So anyway, yeah. Do you have any other, other um, places
1: to go? I think the only thing I would say is because you know we've been speaking, I think, the last little while, at least in measured terms or negatively and actually i just want to go back to this idea that this is a, indeed a very interesting and important film mm. and that i do think that people should see it
0: i think it is beautifully evocative of of the way of life that it depicts and yes. i think it's it's I think very effective at, at getting you to understand this particular man as mm. well um i do think that the 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 middle class family are too much of a caricature mm. essentially and i think i i would like their i would like to, I would have liked there to have been more nuance
1: in that. And on the other hand, you know, the way of filming, the look of the film, the use of sound, the kind of the formal play and experimentation with all of that, uh, coupled with how the audience received it, which it was with it all the way, is both admirable and encouraging.
0: Yeah. It's also full frame. Which is really neither here nor there, but that's, that's probably a contributor to that "Cathy, come home" look I was talking about. I think like, that aspect of the past thing. Right, you know, back when back when TVs were black and white, and we listened to the <laughs> World Service.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. We are eavesdropping at the movies, and we are
0: on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Uh, on social media, we're on Facebook and Twitter at Eavesdrop Movies, and the website is eavesdroppingatthemovies.com, um, and. Thanks again to Mark for his thoughts. Yes, indeed. Um, Uh, And and for 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 giving me loads and loads of links to loads of boring Uh, black and white fishing uh, movies.
1: uh, Okay, thank you very much. Bye bye.